Hi guys, my name is CJ Finley and this is the Thrive On Podcast. I created a brand called Thrive On Life to help other mission-based people, brands and businesses thrive. So anyone out there that has a creative idea or even just a project that they want to work on and is afraid to get started or has a couple questions, feel free to reach out. If I can't help you, I'd love to connect you with somebody that can. Today, I have Fayez Rana on again, the founder of Prep to Your Door. And we're going to get into a couple questions around what books, people and experiences have left a profound impact on our life. So the first question I'm gonna start off with, Fayez, is what book over the last, I guess, decade has left a profound impact <laughs> on your life? Um, so I have two. Uh, one is, is super foundational for me, which is The Lean Startup. You must have read it. I think every person in entrepreneurship reads you, that. You'd be surprised, <laughs> you'd be surprised uh, at the number of people that haven't, but it's one of those books that you can read over and over because it's really a mindset. Uh, it's a mindset of understanding that you want to get to market as quickly as you can but more importantly that you're not striving to put a perfect product out there um, get started with what you can and and make sure that you're building a product based off of feedback rather than some mystical magical plan that you're concocting in your mind yeah because people most of the time think oh I have this great idea Right, but the idea is super it. cheap, and the execution is expensive, as yeah. they teach you in the lean startup. So, is there right. one pr principle in there that, if we dig a little bit deeper, so you mentioned like the iteration, getting yeah. feedback. Yeah. What is one thing I think any you think that anybody out there could could do better job of of getting feedback, whatever they're working on? Well, I think the goal is is to get from an idea to a business as quickly as possible, and. I think fear pre prevents a, a lot of people from getting out of the idea phase and that's the whole purpose of the lean startup right is okay you have we typically get grand ideas right we see the idea in its perfect state of what it could be and then you ha you, you want to create that MVP the minimal viable product so strip away all the glitz and the glamour of this perfect idea that you have and what's what's the smallest smallest version of that you can you can start with today and that's a really really that can be a very scary thing but if you can begin to embody that principle you, you can you can get from the idea to the business more quickly than most people who just never really launch anything um, yeah because it's much easier so like if I break this down if I'm a personal trainer right and sure. you think like well the first step of being a personal trainer, most people is like, I need to get certified, right? Well, for me, the first step of becoming a personal trainer was, is there a market for me to be a personal trainer? And then testing and asking my friends like, hey, would you like this service? And getting that feedback of like, what would it take for me to, for you to, for me to earn your service. And, yeah. and I think a lot of people are kind of miscon misconceive what true business is. It's like, oh, I need the certification or I need the LLC or I need no. this or whatever. <laughs> and that's not really what a business is. It's like, what type of value product or service may it be? Can I give to you that you're willing to pay me some type of dollar amount or value amount for in return? So I love that book. I, I think that example is really good. So if you're a personal trainer, Having the certification is not what makes you a personal trainer. Having the LLC is not what makes you a personal trainer. The MVP is go get your friends and be like, hey, I want to train you for an hour. Yep. Train as many of them as you can. Go get your family and train them. And then one day 
after you train 10 people for free, one person's going to be like, hey, I heard you trained, you know, Tim. Uh, <laughs> would, you, would you be willing to train me? You got your first customer. Yep. 100%. So, you, so that, was your, that was your business foundational one. You said yeah. you had another book? I, I uh, listened to a book recently, uh, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. I, I was, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm listening to it for the third time. Really? Uh, yes. All right. I need to put this down on my list. It's, it is uh, a book that, a story that shows you simply what the human spirit is capable of. Uh, that, that man is a beast and he wasn't always a beast. And that's what, it's not Have an you, inspiring story. It's not like it's, you don't, uh, it is, it, it's just like an MVP. You do what you can today. It's all about today and now and doing a little bit more right now. And eventually you can build a massive company or fucking run a, a hundred mile race or whatever it is you want to do. It sounds like a lot like, so Jocko Willink has a book called Complete Ownership. Yeah, same yeah. thing. Same thing where you just take complete ownership over today. Everybody's saying the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. So my books would have to be, one of them is called The Anatomy of Peace by the Arbinger Institute. That is a story think it's it is it is fictional it's a fictional story around basically teaching people to put themselves in other people's shoes mm. and it basically starts off with a family families taking their children to a rehab facility and when they get to this rehab facility all the parents are are questioning the rehab facility and the people that are running it and are acting like the kids are the problem and then the two owners of the rehab facility Basically, it tells the story around they help the parents realize the parents were the issue in the first place. The kids have all these issues because at home there's something that's going on mm. that shouldn't be going on. And one of the key characters in there owns a business. And throughout the story, it talks about how he was, he thought he was a great leader, but it was actually like he has like the blame mentality. He never like looks in the mirror and he never looked in the mirror for his own son and his son was like a drug addict and he never mm. looked in the mirror like how much pressure he was putting on his son mm. um, and he realized that it basically teaches you like what's the ultimate goal in life is to like be at peace with who you are and everybody around you and that it taught him that he, he wasn't at peace with himself and a lot was going on at work that was failing so he would come home and then create this animosity and then his son was taking it as like pressure and then it was his son relieved the pressure through drugs and alcohol so it was just very eye-opening and I won't ruin the rest of the story but for me it was very eye-opening to see how it brought like all these different types of family because they're all different ethnicities some are Jewish some are Muslim some are black some are white and it just shows the different characters and tells a wonderful story of what they deal with at home and how they all like gathered around a rehab facility and how it applies to life and business and it was just really intriguing so that's my one and then I think my other foundational book um, would be the subtle art of not giving a fuck um, <laughs> that had a profound impact on me because I kind of always thought like that of I'm gonna live each day and that's why I created thrive on life to remind myself that I don't want to just survive. I want to live every single day and I can't sit at a desk and live every day. That's just the principle that I have to be out and doing things and meeting new people and experiencing things. And, and for anybody listening, that book will teach you that you feel the most alive when you're sitting at the edge of a cliff 
your heart starts racing and why can't that be every day? Why can't you feel like you're at the edge of a cliff every day? Why not? Why not me? Why can't I make a hundred million dollars? Why can't I jump off cliffs? Why can't I do some crazy things in my life? Everybody else that's doing it, they're just human too. So it kind of teaches you that and just gets you thinking outside of the box. So it's, it's, it's purposely making yourself a little bit uncomfortable. I think I, I personally feel like that's one of the keys to living. Um, that's that that's the feeling of being on the edge of the cliff and and you discover that's 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 what can't hurt me is about is is every day you have an opportunity to grow and you you're only going to grow if you purposefully take on some discomfort and when you put yourself in those situations you have the opportunity to witness what you're capable of and you're capable you're you only discover that you're capable of more than you thought you were if if you seek discomfort if you seek obstacles it has to be it has to be sought and like i'll give a good and good representation of this like i just traveled for the last two weeks i went to boston and then la and i'm doing all these new things and i'm going to these new places and meeting these new people and then i started realizing like it had nothing to do with the travel and it had everything to do that when you go to a new place, you seek those things. So when I came home to Austin, I started realizing that like, wow, there's so much I haven't even done here. So for instance, this morning, uh, I set the goal of, I wanna wake up and just jump in my pool and do 10 laps, right? This pool stares in my face every morning mm-hmm. and if I was on vacation at this hotel, I'd be like, man, I'm gonna jump in this pool and, and have fun and whatever. But since it's like right in front of me, I like don't even see it. like it's not even there it doesn't even exist because it's like this thing right rather i didn't do it today because my buddy hit me up for a networking event in the morning and even that was discomfortable but i was seeking like you know what like i rarely do events in the morning because i'm not really a morning person i don't put forth my best effort in the morning i'm more of an afternoon nighttime guy but i met a guy at the networking event that is looking to start his own thing and I set a meeting with him next week so if I never showed up to this and I didn't seek that discomfort that opportunity never would have prevented itself because I would have just been at home doing my normal day-to-day thing so I think you bring up a a great point and you have to actually seek it and we have to like be awake enough to see that that's that edge of discomfort is where everything starts happening and then you just start doubling down on those discomforting feelings it and it's not it's not always just about like oh okay like what can i do that's so crazy that's going to make me uncomfortable a lot of the times it's about hearing the part of your brain that tries to talk you out of doing something and that's the thing that you got to do that's where it's like quieting that voice yeah it's like Speaking of that, the Untethered Soul, for anybody out there who hasn't read that yes, book, exactly, talks about that voice. Exactly. So. Oh my God, that, I should have said that book. Dude, the Untethered Soul is like fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it talks about you quieting that voice and yes. like being in tune with your body and everything. Yeah. All right, next question. We don't want to ramble too much. Uh, so what person in your life or people has left a profound impact and it can't be your significant mm-hmm. other, your family members, anything like that. So it has to be somebody that you either stumbled upon or got connected through that kind of left a profound impact on your life. I think you have to go first on this one. Me? Okay. So for me, going into college, I didn't have enough money to pay for school. And I'm the stubborn guy that like, I really hated asking my parents for money or anything because I never wanted to be controlled. And even that, that flowed into the world of entrepreneurship because I hated 
being in the corporate world and being controlled by that paycheck. So growing up, I always wanted to do everything myself and then getting to college, like I wanted to do the same thing. I didn't want to ask my dad for money. So I start going to school and my dad had always taught me that like if you want something like you got to work your ass off for it and you got to like ask like you got a direct ask right I always heard him on the on the phone as a little kid and he was just like he sounded so aggressive right but it, what I found out was as I got older it wasn't aggression it was literally him just being very direct and clear with what he wanted in return for what he was giving so when I went to the school I couldn't pay my first quarter tuition right so I would go to the bursar's office even before school started and literally say I don't have enough money to pay for school what do I do who do I get in contact with is there any scholarships is there any grants is there any this whatever it may be every single day right meanwhile I'm practicing I'm commuting to school and I'm stressing over like how the hell am I gonna pay this I don't want to ask my family for money I come home from soccer practice so I used to practice like seven to nine at night then drive and 35 minutes home from Camden to Burlington, New Jersey, and then repeat the next day. It was long ass fucking days. And I remember coming home one night and it was like, your, your tuition is paid in full. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, how did this happen? So long story short, the Geltman family has this scholarship that they give to high achieving scholars and, and community leaders that come out of high school. And you had to live in these certain counties. And somehow, some way, because I was asking every day in the bursar's office, spending a couple hours in there, like, who do I connect with? Who do I talk to? Sending emails. Karma or this higher being or whatever answered that. And they found, found me. I didn't reach out to them or anything. They somehow found me and paid my tuition. Now, not only did they do that, but they did it for there's like 20 students a year or something. They would pay tuition in full. Then they would host a luncheon every single year. And at the luncheon, like you meet all these amazing people doing all these cool things and like these scholar athletes, community leaders. And then what they did was they would bring people back from previous years. And you'd get to meet and network with these industry leaders that had the scholarship a decade or two decades ago. So they've been doing it for a while. So we get there and we have this really nice lunch. And like as a college kid, I'm just like, man, free lunch. This is amazing. Hmm. Like, that's all I really cared about. <laughs> like, yo, I'm happy. There's a lot of smart people in this room and we get free lunch because anybody that's been to college, you know how yeah. much money goes into your food and you're just like basically counting bennies for your tuna sandwiches and your PB&Js. <laughs> um, so I get this free lunch and then afterwards they give you this letter and they tell all the freshmen in there to open the letter at the table because they want to see a reaction. They gave me a check, a bigger check than I'd ever seen in like any of my grandparents ever give me for, for birthdays or whatever. And they're like, spend it on anything you want this summer. I put it into, and a lot of them said like, you should travel, go travel, get out, see the world, do whatever. And that spring, I think I went to either California or somewhere with that cash. And so I put like a thousand towards travel and then a thousand towards my, my spring, my summer class. Cause I would take summer classes to like speed up um, and just try new things. Cause in college, unfortunately they try to force you into, buckets and I would take different classes psychology econ that were outside of my my engineering realm so they left a profound impact on me and I'm waiting for the day where I can go back and bring like a $50,000 check and say who who am I writing this to like what kid fits the same mold where I came from a small town and was in athletics and volunteering and doing all these things but he doesn't have enough money to to go to school like I'm I'm literally sitting here like if anybody could see me right now, like I intensely want to go back 
and I've chosen not to go back yet until I can do that because I, I literally just want to walk in there with a fifty thousand dollar check and, and write it to someone, <laughs> just like they did for me. So Dude, I didn't that, know that they didn't know who I was. Out of nowhere, they gifted to me, and I got to meet them like in person and and all this, and it just. I guess Are you still in contact? Yeah, so they, they, they reach out every spring to like get people to come back. And uh, I haven't directly been in contact, but like I said, the reason is it's, it's been on my mind like ever since I left. Like they, they, they helped me so much in my life and they, without even caring, like they don't even reach out be like, how are you or whatever. <laughs> they just knew, like when they write you this letter, they say, hey, look, we're investing in you because we know where you're going. And when you have people just saying that, just believing in you blindly, it's an amazing feeling of what it can do. And that's why one of the reasons in Austin where I just tend to invest in people blindly and just give them my time and energy and sometimes some capital to figure out what can we do to, to help you get to the next step? Because I know that you're going to go somewhere at some point. Wow. That's a hell of a story. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 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 I do not have a story that can match <laughs> that. I, I really don't. It could be small. It could be anybody. Uh, Mike Bird, man. Like, it could be that small. Like, I, yeah, I think Mike Bird uh, is an example of somebody that, okay, I'll go with Mike Bird. I'll go with Mike Bird because he is somebody that showed up and has been willing to do anything in our company. There is nothing that my partner or I has asked that he is not willing to do immediately. And I mean, it could be like clean the gutters. He lifted a car the other day <laughs> that was stuck on the road and, and we it was gonna screw up all the deliveries. He quickly showed up, he fucking figured it out. He was like, okay, we're just gonna tap the gas, tap the gas, and I'm gonna lift the car. <laughs> got the fucking car out to managing the entire operation, to showing up at sales event, to reading books that I've asked him to read. You know, he showed up maybe six or seven months ago to fill a very small shift as like a delivery driver. And there's one other person in in our company that's like that his name is Alex he's a 20 year old kid and they both have this attitude where they'll do they they will start by doing the dishes which I have done myself and you know now I just I'm willing I, I want to put all of my energy into Michael because there's just a profound respect there for him uh, and he represents a much bigger population that's out there. It's, it's, other. it's, it's about like anybody can do that. Yeah. Anybody can show up and care about the work that you're doing or, and he doesn't do it because he's getting paid a shitload of money or, he, you know, there, there's no guarantee of something. Yeah. He, he's doing it tomorrow. because he Who cares. Knows? He cares. That's it. It's about. You know, you know, you read about this the store the cliche story about the janitor showing up and really taking pride in his work. Those that type of work ethic matters. It matters in more ways. It, if if you're cleaning your bathroom, if you're cleaning your home, like care about the things that you're doing. It bleeds over into every aspect of your life. I mean one yeah, that's my answer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the the, the moral of it is and going back to the books with the lean startup, it's just like 
it just takes action. It takes you, you said the word showing up. And I think like even relating back to my story, like I showed up before those people showed up for me. Like I was relentless, like, and, but you know me, like that's always been my attitude towards everything. Like if I want something, I'm going to get it. I don't know how it's going to come to me, but Mike, Michael's the same way. Um, and we're cut from the, he, he comes from the same town, like same mm-hmm. cloth. And that's where like, I work with him closely as well. And he, he's so thankful and so empathetic and I just remind him at the end of the day, like you showed up, like you're the one that drove out here. You're the one that moved here. You're the one that goes and does this work. And it's just like, he's such a representation of, if you want to move up, you got to show up and be the dish boy first. Like I was a bus boy. I was a dishwasher before. I was a hostess and a cashier. And then I got to be the waiter or the wait. You get to be the waiter or the waitress or the bartender. And then you get to be the manager. And then once you become the manager, you become a shareholder or whatever else, the president, whatever else is next for you. But it starts somewhere and it just comes from showing up. So I think for anybody listening to this, remember that if you're trying to get to to level Z, like you got to start on level A. And you can yeah. start doing hacks to get to the next the biggest hack is surround yourself like people like Fias who who can help you level up at a quicker pace, but you still have to do the work of showing up. So we'll go into our last question with what uh, experience in your life, whether it's business, relationship, life related, has left a, a profound impact on you. And I'd like to stay away from like it being vacation or anything yeah. crazy like that. What experience do you think has left a profound impact on you? Um, for me, it was the process of getting sober. Like, we've talked about this before. It's probably the third time I'm mentioning it on this podcast, but without. In order to do that, when you get to a really low point in your life, the only thing you can do is focus on the next right step that's one of the things that you learn in that whole process is what is the next right step and that's something that I carry with me right now because there's especially today when there's a million things that you can be doing I mean there is a thousand things trying to distract us and I have leveled up so much in the last year I I can't describe how much I've grown as an individual and all of that growth has come from this simple idea that the way I live my life today is the way that my life is going to turn out. My life is just a sum, a series of todays. Like, I don't... <laughs> That's a quote right there. Yeah. Uh, it's not an original, but it is something... <laughs> you know, if I wake up to, to tired today and I think like, oh, it's okay, like I'll go do this thing tomorrow. Okay, without being extreme, maybe sometimes that's okay, but for the most part, it's like, today is my opportunity. Today, how I approach this situation, how I speak to myself in my mind right now is the way my life is gonna map out. And all I have to focus on is doing the next right thing. Dude, I can't tell you how much that has changed my life because I, in my late teens and early 20s was forget drugs and alcohol addicted to future tripping yep just same i'm still i'm I'm still trying to get over that (laughs) 
it's like I I dedicate time in my morning to visualization and and allowing myself to do that the rest of the day I know that daydreaming is not going to get me anywhere it's not I know in my in my mind and my soul because before I go to bed I'm visualizing the next day in the morning I'm visualizing but when it's time to then the work, show, show up, up in the yeah. world the only thing that matters is showing up like Michael Bird does you show up and you you know the seemingly insignificant things are actually the things that matter when you add them up over time and I think our generation we grow up looking at Instagram and seeing the end result day after day photo after photo after photo and we tend to forget that there's a million steps in between and that can be overwhelming but if you just look down one step after another like you're gonna get there like I was listening to a podcast and Kobe Bryant in my opinion greatest basketball player of all time says when when he was doing long track workouts all he did was look down at his feet move one foot move one foot move one foot move one foot that's what Black all the great people say man all the greatest people in the world that have ever lived live by that philosophy it's one step one step one step so that's man that's powerful right there yeah that's crazy yeah I, I love that quote that you threw in there I'm gonna have to re-listen to this and and write that down <laughs> um, yeah I mean as an athlete that hits home a lot because especially like going to the gym every single day you're focused on on that long-term goal rather than being present and like I just need one more set or I just need one more rep whatever it may be and I think a lot of people struggle with that and you, you mentioned the, the Instagram and social media and it's funny, like if you talk to a lot of quote unquote, what consumers think of successful people, a lot of them don't consume. And the reason they don't consume <laughs> is funny. they don't have time. And I've noticed like, even with myself, I'm so focused on producing in the moment. Like what can I do right now that a lot of people don't understand what it actually even takes to get to that picture on Instagram they just think it just happens and I think that's where I want to be an educator of what are you doing behind the scenes if you're sitting there daydreaming for four hours and executing for one you have it ass backwards so I love that tip of how you like dedicate time to be a visionary but then the rest of it is execution and that's where I think a lot of people in today's world have it flipped where a lot of their time is spent being a visionary and coming up with ideas and doing these things and not acting on them and then just going with the flow and doing what they're told the rest of the eight hours of the day. Like I show up to my job and I do this. So that's a profound thing that I think a lot of people can take from. For me, I guess the experience that had a profound impact on me was moving in with two people off of Craigslist that I had never met before I wouldn't even be sitting here today probably if I never if I never chose to do that and that was a kind of like today they have like couch surfing and things like that this is going back probably six years seven years so it wasn't as much of a thing back then as it is now just like uber wasn't as much of the thing Airbnb so I lived long story short I was having to commute two hours from South Jersey to New York for contract job and I couldn't sit in that traffic. I hated it. It was killing me every single day. And I was like, all right, I need to find a spot. Go on Craigslist. And I remember I find this place in Union City and I love the place because it was a 4-4 lockup and I had 
direct access to my room so I didn't have to go into the living room or anywhere else. I could have direct, direct access and come and go as I please. So I love that. But when I started talking to the guy, I found out he also, so I went to Rutgers Camden for a little bit and he went to Rutgers Newark. So he started talking about that. Um, and he's a guy from the Ivory Coast. We are like complete opposites in the spectrum of life. Like he's a tall African-American man with, with dreads and I'm this short little like white guy, right? But we hit it off right from the get-go and he was like, we talked for like an hour and a half and as I do with most people is I, I over spend my time because <laughs> I just love people and uh, start talking to him, asking him questions and he goes at the end, he's like, man, I got, like, I got one guy that still has to come here and check it out. Like, I'm probably gonna go with you, but like, let me get back to you. And he ends up calling me halfway through the trip. He's like, you know what, I canceled that. Like, I want you to move in. Like, you seem like a straight up guy. And him giving me that chance, so I move in there and then I start talking with them, um, building this like relationship with people that are teaching me about like African culture. She was from Nigeria and just like making me all this different foods. And it enlightened me to the point where it was like, wow, this is really what life is about. It's not about the flashy things that literally we were 10 minutes from Times Square. I could get on a bus. It was not about that. It was literally about this little Union City apartment where I'm hmm. on my grind, she's on her grind, he's on his grind. And like at the end of the night, we would have a drink and like just talk about like life and where they've been and what they've done. And it kind of overflowed into the rest of my life and got me thinking more of that long-term mindset. Cause at 23, man, I was just making money, spending it, making money, spending it and doing all the things that 23 year olds do. Whereas they were 30s already. So they were like enlightening me into like, yes. man, like, like you don't need any of that. Like start thinking like this. And I started reading more and doing things more for myself. And that's what led me to like book that trip to Aaron. And when I booked that trip to Aaron, she enlightened me into like, wow, like I need to start attacking my dreams. She forced me pretty much to make an Instagram and start connecting with people and attack my dreams. And that's where, I mean, I met you off Instagram. So when I look back at my life like that, like college was cool, everything before college was cool, but like moving in with people and just that I've never met before, just on a whim, they taught me so much about myself that I never have even thought about. And looking back on that kind of uh, really, really changed my life. And if there's anybody else out there, like I highly recommend either moving to a new city or in with new people that you've never met or you don't know the, the city because you're gonna learn things about you that are gonna apply to everything in life. Your relationships, your business, your hobbies. Like, there's nothing more. I wouldn't be sitting here. Living, living in new places light, re, lights up your brain and I mean, it's a new environment. All of a sudden you're observing the smallest little things and you said two things in there. Hanging out with people older than you is so important, I think. Um, I've always made a habit of that um, and getting to know people from other cultures uh, those are just we're all just trying to figure out how to live life so we all bleed and we all are going to the same place the grave so <laughs> that's like like I think people forget that at times and that's where like it's very easy so the thing I want to end on is I, I'm still stuck on what you said, that quote, and I think the, the thing about it is 
when we remind ourselves that we both we, we are the same and we're all going to the same place it's very easy to be present it's very easy to sit here and just like look you in the eyes and, and talk on this podcast and forget that anything else is out there nothing else matters except for this moment right here right now and it's the only time you're going to be alive is right now yeah like that because i can't tell what's going to happen <laughs> in the next five minutes i can't tell you what's going to happen in the next 10 or 20 and a lot of us spend time they either have that problem where they're spending the next their time right now they're spending it in the next 10 minutes or the next 30 or they're worried about the past who so-and-so thinks this or i did this or i fucked up here or this or that and there's this like fine balance of i think the most if i define success because i've 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 struggled with like define what is my what does success look like to cj is having that fine balance of like man enjoying the moment for what it is now but trying to improve from your past experiences to make your future just a little bit better than it was today but staying very grounded in like that action of right now so that's what i've been like brewing up the past couple of months of like i think that's what it is but would love to hear your to end on like to wrap up what we've been talking about that logic i i think sometimes like it can be paralyzing to not to not know what your definition of success is or what your definition of happiness is but and it's okay for that to be shifting and evolving i think um and ultimately it it comes down to okay well what can i do to be helpful today what can i do to be loving today what can i do to be happy today what can i do to challenge myself a little bit today and over time i think it will reveal itself or you will create it whatever it may be it it really all comes down you can go read a thousand personal development books and they're all going to tell you the same thing more or less which is be present i mean i take back both of my books and i and i say untethered soul is is the most important <laughs> important book yeah all right we'll end on that so for anybody else out there that's listening to this thank you so much for spending <laughs> some time with us my name is cj finley with the thrive on podcast with Fayez rana look forward to hearing from you guys and talking with you next week have a great day there's another one <laughs>